The Mitchell's Front Page Podcast is brought to you by Geelong Bank. Listen live on 94.7 The Pulse, Mondays and Tuesdays from 9 till 11. Should politicians apologise when they get things wrong? Because I think all levels of government... Uh, at one point or another make mistakes whether it's the local council right through to the federal government and the state government as well. I'm on the line to talk about this we've got Yemi Penn who is a transformation coach good to have you back on the program Thank you Mitch, an absolute honour to be here and thank you for your work. Thank you, well uh, every government makes mistakes at one point or another, how do you think they should handle that? Should they be upfront and apologise to people or is it better from a communications point of view to just be moving on to the next thing? No, look, this is a cultural thing. And and it's funny because we can't just, I mean, politicians are still human. So first, let's go back to the beginning. Humans make mistakes. But when you are a politician, you have a, a, a sense of influence, a sense of power, for want of a better word, that you are, it's almost adamant you put your hands up as soon as possible. I appreciate sometimes internally, you need to make sure you get the messaging right. But you have to, because the link to apologizing when we fail is so so tied to trust that you know now more than ever we we need them to speak up because it always comes out and we've seen it time and time again with lots of things going on in parliament so definitely they need to speak up sooner rather than later on the program last week we actually spoke about uh, governments that have been around for a while the longevity of governments and it seems like a few state premiers had a bit of a reputation when they've been in there for a long time of uh, constantly apologizing and sort of reinventing themselves every time there was a mistake and maybe the people that didn't apologize seemed to be in and out of government very quickly because the voters got frustrated and threw them out is that how you see things well, it, I mean, it, it depends. Sorry, are you suggesting that those that did apologise... we Had a bit of longevity, yes, correct. Yeah, I, I, I mean, absolutely, because like I say, it's tied, it's tied to trust. I mean, I, I have a lot of empathy and sympathy for, you know, politicians or people in government who feel the need to bury their mistakes. And it might be how they grew up. It's so tied up to how we grew up. You know, people feel that if they fail, they're going to be thrown out. And this is where compassion and humanity has got to come through. I mean, who can really put their hand up and say, I've never made a mistake? So it's, it, you know, it's, it's obvious if there's been longevity by those who have apologized and said, I will fix it, I will make it better, then that, that has to be the way to go. Ideally, you don't make the same mistake twice. You learn from it. But damn, you will always be appreciated and respected more for acknowledging when you messed up. And, of course, one of the big mistakes perhaps at the moment is the vaccine rollout and the pace that Australia is at in comparison to other countries, particularly in the developed world. Um, I think the Prime Minister actually did say he was sorry. Did you see that yes. apology? And I don't yes, know, did it I, cut the mustard? Absolutely. Oh, look, he did. We probably think it was a little bit too late. But at the end of the day, we've got to be grateful. You know, I will always see the cup half full. We've got to be grateful. But it was quite a long time. And in between that time, it felt like we were constantly being told off by him. You know, there's something my sisters and I joke about as being wrong and strong at the same time. That period in which he was potentially wrong for not being open about the mistakes he might have made and whatever calculations kind of put a bitter taste in our mouth. And so we then start to think, well, what else could you be holding the truth back on? But by all means, he did. And we've got to acknowledge that. Can we just continue in that effort? And can we continue to communicate clearly? Because we need it to get to the case of having the vaccination rolled out if we truly believe that 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 would definitely get us to a better place.
Isn't it frustrating when you're a voter or just member of the community and uh, politicians or anyone, in fact, is asked about a specific thing which we feel like in our own lives they've got that wrong and we're living with the consequences and uh, they try and pivot away or nothing to see here is that response that they give. Uh, that seems to bring about a lot of frustration, I suppose, because it seems like they're not really listening to our concerns. Uh, Mitchell, I mean, just you using the word frustration started to stir something in, partly because I feel like you see me, you hear me, and that is how a lot of society feel. It's extremely frustrating. But this is when I'm going to have to bang the drum. We need diversity in the voices who are sharing the messages. And I'm not just talking diversity in how we look, diversity in knowledge, diversity in ability to communicate. It's really important. You know, when we ask the question and a politician finds it hard and sweeps it under the carpet, our brain goes to do not trust. You know, you can't. You've got a small percentage ruling a big percentage. You don't need to be a mathematician to figure out if you don't get that right by being open and honest. The majority at some point will have a problem. So uh, absolutely, the frustration is there. And I, and I really hope that our government can listen to interviews like this and say, well, actually, there could be a smarter way. And firstly, let's just be honest and own when we mess up. How should people apologise? Because I know there's a lot of criticism at times, particularly in public relations, when people give apologies that aren't really apologies or they don't seem to be genuine. Yeah, oh, look, this is another tough one because this is very subjective. The first thing that comes to mind when you ask that, there's got to be an element of eye contact. You know, shame is attached to getting things wrong. Brene Brown did some great work on shame. She's, you know, leveled it with vulnerability. But if we're shamed, we tend to look down. And for some people, when you look away from them, they see it as distrust. It's not always that. So we have compassion on one side, which is they might be dealing with shame. But if you are a leader, then we ask you to put your head up and you own it. You look out, whether it's to the camera, to the group and saying we really messed up and also tell them why. The why, it, the why the mistake happened is really important. By all means, speak to your media to figure out the best way to word it. But when you say why, you then start to enroll people into the journey you went through and then go into how you're going to solve it. I really think, I think it's the eye contact because then you're connecting. And the next reason is why that mistake happened and what you're going to do to avoid it happening again. A lot of anger out there. It seems like people are increasingly angry, and this is affecting both sides of politics. It's a polarised world out there. It's becoming very binary. You know, you're either on uh, the side of the government or you're against them, and this is both state and federal politics. Uh, do apologies work? Are people receptive to that message, and are people willing to be forgive, uh, forgiving, or are people just too angry nowadays? Uh, Mitchell, it's a thin line. I think the more it goes on for, I mean, what, what are we in? We are 18 months minimum strong into our acknowledgement of the pandemic. And so at some point it's going to wear out. You look at Victoria and you look at the amount of lockdowns they've gone through. You've got New South Wales, other things. It, you can start to see things bubbling up. There needs to be a tactical team within government that says, OK, how do we deal with this rise in frustration? Because you're right. At some point we might not hear what they're saying, even though we need to hear it for the greater good. You know, when I go onto the OECD website, which is the Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development, you know, it really talks about building trust. Something's got to, something radical has got to shift with government to say, okay, we need to start getting into communities, by the communities, to get us to a place. But we, the message has got to be consistent because at some point we black out and we don't hear what they're saying. It needs to change really quick. Well, lots of things to think about there. Thank you so much for being on the program, and hopefully we start to see more apologies. 
Absolutely. Thank you, Mitchell. Thank you, Transformation Coach Yemi Penn, with us there talking about the need for politicians to apologise, which I think is probably a good move because when the media raises what I think are legitimate issues, um, this is state and federal politics, and the first reaction is to deflect or, you know, nothing to see here. Um, it doesn't go away. People just get angrier and angrier because they feel like they're not being heard. And I suppose eventually that starts to come into play at the ballot box and people will change their vote. The Mitchell's Front Page Podcast is brought to you by Geelong Bank. Listen live on 94.7 The Pulse, Mondays and Tuesdays from 9 to 11. Or search for Mitchell's Front Page on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram or wherever you get your podcasts.